honestly, it, you just have to be open, right? And lots of times we get stuck and we look back and say, what happened, right? And you just have to be open to learning new things and find new interests and then take an action to see if it aligns, right? And so each thing you, you, you do that maybe it's not ideal at the time, but what can you take away from it to move forward? And where can you use your strengths in that business or in that opportunity or in the thought pattern of what you want to do? Sometimes we try and do things that are so, so foreign to us because it sounds cool, but we're not really engaged to why we want to do it or what it means to us. So it doesn't happen. Well, well you were never invested in it. You, you never really wanted it because you didn't, it, maybe it looked good on Instagram. Join us in Mixing Business with Pleasure, a podcast about loving your work and working with your love. Your hosts, Mike and Gabby, are entrepreneurs who have found their passion in both their personal and professional relationship. The pair who swore never to work with each other are now working happily together side by side in love, life, and business. Tune in each week as we feature co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. We love talking to couplepreneurs who have built successful businesses. And one of the keys to a successful business is effective marketing. Luckily, Gabby and I run a B2B digital marketing agency called Proofpoint Marketing. Our team specializes in driving profitable revenue for technology and manufacturing companies by diving deep into customer insights. We really strive to understand the customer. We build out ideal customer profile and personas. And using that, we create highly targeted demand generation and performance marketing campaigns. We are offering a free consultation for our listeners. This isn't just a sales call, and it isn't us simply giving you a canned automated audit report. We are going to do our due diligence prior to the call. The plan is to talk about real marketing issues your organization is facing and discuss potential solutions. Head on over to proofpoint.marketing and get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, so we have an awesome episode today on Mixing Business with Pleasure. We got two really super focused, super passionate people. They're passionate about each other. They're passionate about their business. They've got three amazing little children, uh, which we're going to have to talk about because I don't know how you guys do what you do with three of them at home. So we're going to learn something new today. I think probably new for the most of, for most of us, real estate syndication. You guys are going to tell us all about that. So we've got Jason and Peely Yerusi. Did I get that right? You're good. Thanks so much for having us. Spot on. So honored to be here. Welcome to Mixing Business with Pleasure podcast. My great intro, Jason and Peely. Thank you so much for being here. I want to say before we get started, Peely, your energy on your podcast and your video, your videos is freaking amazing. <laughs> I mean, like if I need a jolt of energy, I will t tune in to your shows and we're going to talk about that. So Jason and Peely have a daily video blog called Second Cup of Coffee. And I'm going to say that if you didn't even have your first cup of coffee, you just watch this show and it will, it will give you the energy that you need for the day. I don't even drink coffee and I feel super caffeinated after <laughs> I watch your shows. So I just had to put that out there because your energy is just amazing. It really comes through. Jason, you're so lucky that you get to wake up to this energy every day, right? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, let's get started. So we ask our couples kind of similar questions to begin and kind of to, to conclude the show. So one question that I always like to ask is what came first, business or love? Hmm, easy one. 
That's an easy answer. Business. <laughs> Business. Okay. <laughs> yes. Tell us about that because I feel there's some good. That doesn't good happen stuff. very often. Usually yeah. we get love care Usually first. Usually it's love first. Yeah. But let's we'll, hear we'll, this. We'll side. tie this together for you yes. in the end. Why why this works very well into relationships is that well. I PV actually was working at a place called the Frying Pan, mm-hmm. which not a lot of people knew, but it ended up being this mat. It was like the top Massive. outdoor place in New, in, uh, New York City. This, but it was this rinky-dink barge back in 2003. She was working there, and so I I was actually managing the oh, place. One of the big one distinction, of the other, big mm-hmm. distinction. One of the yep. other bartenders. We also, I mean, it was it was a great place to work because everyone did everything. So even though I was managing the place, I was also bartending, but I was also doing construction for our yeah. for our uh, what should we call our our. For the cra- the yeah, the crazy the mastermind, which was this this uh, this owner there. Yeah. It was, so was it was it a bar or a restaurant or both? It was a little bit of everything. Yeah. Okay. So is it so still managed, is it still standing today? It's still or? standing there. It's in okay. Chelsea. It's on a what, it's 26. West Twenty Sixth Street. Yeah. yeah. At that time, it, the barge had actually moved. It was actually on Twenty Third Street, and it was it used to stay open like four or five a.m. I mean, you could have a wedding, an Irish party, and a vampire party. And then a late night party in the same day, like crossover crowds. So like that's that's what we're talking about when we say this was not your usual place. And um, but it had so many people come. At one summer, we sold the most Coronas in the world within three months compared to everybody else who's open years every year. So, talk, talk about coronavirus. Right? Yes. Yeah, so it's like <laughs> now has come down. So things have changed. But yes, that that was everywhere and it's well put. So, but I actually, I was in Europe for two years and mm-hmm. I came back and a friend I met there said, hey, I got this job over there. Um, I bartend in the summer, but they need to do some construction work. I grew up in a family business um, that was construction. So he brought me over there and little behold, I, I meet Keely. I, I yeah. walk out of the office and all of a sudden, one of the bartenders brings this guy over to me. He's like, yeah, we're going to start doing construction we're going to do some construction work with you and we're going to paint some stuff i'm like cool and they're like oh and he's like by the way jason also bartends i was like so does everybody i'll see you later. <laughs> so lo and behold jason actually bartends circles around me and i'm just yeah. like you're hired i used to always mm-hmm. just hire and i think we've carried this into into our business life i've always hired people that are better than something than me especially when i was came to bartend i was like if you can bartend better than me you're in so that started, that started our our friendship. Yeah, friendship and work relationship, but we both were in various other relationships. This is 2003. Three. So, so I have to ask at this point, was there, was there sparks? Was there something going on or not really? We were mm. actually in separate relationships at yeah. the time. Okay, okay. We're just yeah. but, but I mean, but That's there never could still be a spark. You know, there could still be a spark. You know, a little amber or something. Sometimes I think back to that day and I'm just like, what was I feeling? What was I thinking about? I think I was was like, okay, here's this guy that can bartend great. Let's see if I can get him onto the schedule. There was so much always going on on that place that even if there was like a spark, it was probably just like, oh, spark. Oh, I got to do this, this, and the other thing. Yeah. So. Got it. it. Okay. All right. Let's let's keep uh, going really coming and going, you know, going different places. And, you know, the, the summer ends, you go do a bunch of different things um, in the winter, a bunch of different jobs. You know, mm-hmm. people was in the arts, we were in the arts and um, opened a, I opened a brewery, opened a restaurant, you yeah. know, I'd done a bunch of things in that fast. I moved to California. Moved to California. Did the arts there, tried to get the films there. And then um, one day in 2009, I get a call to do, a, to do a play in New York for the public theater. So I jump in, I do that, and I get I meet 
I meet Jason again. And I see by all coincidence. Again. By coincidence, or was it planned? It was. It was sort of planned. I was. Yeah. I was okay. planning on meeting everyone again because um, I hadn't seen them for a few years. The, like the group of us all, like it, it was like it was like imagine like summer camp. I guess it was like <laughs> summer camp where like yeah. you all like see everybody come back and you know work at a crazy place and then go do your own things in the winter and then you come back again. So it was. It was always that fit. Still that fit today with those people. So came back and. John asked me to come back to work for him. Why don't you do this? Go, go to Hawaii, live in Hawaii during the winter and then come back and work for me during the summer. I'm like, you got me, I'm in. So, and then, okay, so this is where it switches. So at the time, Jason is now managing yeah. the bar. So I walk in, I'm just like, cool. <laughs> hey, I'm back. And so this is like 2009 mm -hmm. and we, he's managing and then I start managing again and then he's managing. And then finally in 2000, and 12, like the end of 2012, I decided I'm going to leave, go back to Hawaii. And you're from Hawaii originally, New York. Yeah. I'm originally from Hawaii, yes. Okay, excellent. Um, go back to Hawaii. I'm done with New York, done with, the, done with the film industry, done with everything theater. Just going to go back home. Hmm. So I go back and Jason and I keep in contact. By this time, old relationships are done. His old relationships are done. I'm in Hawaii. He gives me a call and he's like, Peely. Um, why don't you meet me in San Francisco? I've told him that I really like San Francisco. And so one thing led, led to another and here we are. Here we are. I think we, we found a lot of time to eliminate. And sometimes it, like this is a key for like taking action, doing things is that mm -hmm. sometimes you have to eliminate what you don't want to find what you do want. Yeah. And that goes with our relationships. But then that carried forward, you know, and then I said, you know, why go to Hawaii? Because you could move to New Jersey. It's got better sunsets, <laughs> things for you. So sounds, sounds logical, but we lived in New York city for a while. And then, um, 2012 hurricane Sandy happened. My father has a, as I mentioned, has a heavy construction business, but it's heavily aligned in flood, really flood work. Yeah. So we came out here uh, my brother was working with me at the time, came out here with us and we really just helped the family business just keep up with just the explosion of work that came on. But what really was the through line for our conversation here is mm -hmm. starting as working as business first. Yeah. That's been the easy transition now because we already knew how to work together. So now going into this, it's not that struggle that a lot of relationships find because they don't have assigned roles or they don't, they don't know how to identify tasks together. And so that's just allowed it to really flow, flow through. Yeah. So our, like our connection and our like foundation is actually in business and we kind of let, love and and just everything that is us kind of filter into that and help make that foundation stronger all right so work and love are both four letter words and that's what we do we work we love we love what we do we love who we work with um so i want to ask each of you what are your favorite four letter words i have mine i'll put the pressure on you i have mine too but it's a five letter word that's okay go for it yeah also, my, oh, I know, I, 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 I haven't. <laughs> my favorite five-letter word is, you know, of course, the my favorite favorite four-letter word filtered into my head, but that's, uh, let's keep this PG, so I'm going to take it to my ultimate five-letter word. It's aloha. You asked where, ask where I get all my energy from. It's tapping into this thing called aloha. I mean, the word aloha itself is, just means everything good. To give like the closest meaning, because love doesn't, doesn't even carry forth. It's more like it's more like shalom. When you tell somebody shalom, you're telling them peace be with you and all the good things. It's the same thing. It's not only hello, it's not only goodbye. It's like everything good. I bestow everything good on you. 
And also I want to just touch on one thing before I forget, you asked me where I get all my energy from. I get energized from this guy. This guy, this guy gives me so much energy and so much love and it just pushes me forward. And he gives me so much aloha that it just kind of shines through. And I get to, I get to like bestow the sunshine on everybody else. I love it. He's all the talking that I don't do. And that's what (laughs) I knew aloha was going to come into this conversation because I hear it all the time on your guys' show and, you know, out of just my own curiosity, because I think a lot of people out there think that the word aloha means hello and goodbye, right? That's, that's gen, I mean, and it can be used as a greeting, right? Is that correct? But really what you're telling us is that the word has so much more meaning and it, and it really is multifaceted and it can fit into just anything in your life, right? And it's an energy and it's a feeling and it's a vibe and it's just all the good positive things, which I get from you guys. Our daughter, this is really funny, serendipitous. Our daughter has this giant, like, big book of states. And we were probably maybe not even 45 minutes ago reading the page about Hawaii. And it talked about, like, the definition of aloha and pretty much everything you just said. So, yeah. There you go. It's all yeah. things love. Love it. Jason, what are, what, now, Peely is a four letter word. So you could say your favorite word <laughs> is Peely, and that would be okay. The next one that came to mind is move. And honestly, it just, it's, you have to move, right? Mm -hmm. So many times in place, we don't get what we want, but it becomes because action may not produce the best result, but inaction produces no results. And so move is just with everything we're doing in our lives, we have to be moving somewhere. And it's, it's, it kind of goes with kind of who we are, like move with aloha. Like, even if you have all this aloha in you, if you don't move it outwardly, it's just, it's just there. It's not doing anything within you. It's keeping you happy. But why have it and not share it? And why stay stagnant? Because Jason is not a stagnant person. He moves. So move forward, push forward. I love what you just said, Pili. Move that aloha forward. It's so beautifully representing the two of you. Because again, like I said earlier, and I'm, and I'm going to encourage all of our listeners to follow and, and get in on the Jason and Peely project because you guys do a lot of moving in your day-to-day life. And what I mean by that is you guys are incredibly uh, focused on your, your fitness, movement, exercise. So that is a big part of who you are. It's, it's a lot of what you talk about on, on, your, on your podcast, on your vlog. And you guys have three small children under the age of five I want to know, you got to tell us your secret. How do you do the podcast, the daily vlog? You're on top of your fitness game. I mean, seriously, you guys. And then you have the Yerusi Holdings, which is your real estate company, which we, we need to dive into that. How do you guys move all this aloha around? How do well, you do it? <laughs> I think it's, it's one step at a time, right? I, I, and not, not making, don't, don't overdo it. Like sometimes we get paralyzed because we're thinking about all the things we have to do, but we don't mm-hmm. do anything, right? And that goes back to, to the movement thing. But for us, you know, we, we have a process and, and it's not perfect. I mean, not every day is like, okay, this is the ideal, but I get up early. We both get up early, but I get up earlier. I get, mm-hmm. I get so many things away. I get my run out of the way. By that time I come back, the kids are up, Keely's up and we switch off and, Boom, I'm, I'm with the kids, got my time with the kids. Peely goes, I get her workout. We get back, Peely's now starting um, you know, school with the kids. I go up there and, and get in the business, right? And then by the time we get to the show at lunch, typically the kids, they're going to have some downtime. You know, One or two may sleep and the other one or two may um, have some screen time. 
and then reverse, right? Yeah. And then after that, we break out the afternoons and we've segmented days where certain days Healy will do podcasts, certain days we'll do things, but we'll make sure that right now that the big thing we've been doing is just really focusing on those critical tasks that we need to get done, mm -hmm. making sure that those are done. Because generally you can have a task list that's 10 items, a trillion items, but most of those things we don't need to do. And now that fits into our workout too. Get the workout in the, in the morning and then fit the workout in, you know, when it happens. And sometimes it's when it happens, right? Depending on where it is. It might be <laughs> 10 at night if it has to be, you know, just, it just, it's part of life. So it just gets done. And we try and have routine to the, the steps. And then that allows us when, when chaos comes up that we, we still have the backbone to fall back to. Yeah, it's what it really comes down to scheduling and make sure, like Jason said, we have those critical tasks, those things that I have to get done, that one thing that I have to get done, and that one thing that he has to get done. And we just make sure those two things don't coincide. Whenever we have make sure our critical tasks, it's he might have it at three, then mm -hmm. I'll have mine at four. It just we have to make sure our schedule is set. Tell me a time, because I'm sure there has a, at least one where that communication wasn't in sync and and just and that your whole day just went to shit and what happened you know I, I i would say that i would probably say that we never have let it get that far i'm really trying to think of a time that you know the day went to shit and we were just like at each other's heads the whole time and i cannot we probably had more it. when we weren't we actually had That's when we weren't say. uh together more more battles more more on that point probably when when you're working with people and because we work like 14 hour days so we hear so, some little voices in the back <laughs> get him and jason oh that's fine just a little bit yeah. so we used to our mindsets are there's a lot of things that we totally agree on and then there's a couple of things that we are completely opposites on and especially the way we do things i think this is why our our old manager used to like putting us together and making us manage together because we were just butt heads all the time. <laughs> he would say something and then yeah. I would say something and it'd just be like, hmm. what? I, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff that we just talked about. I'd love to dig into. Um, the both of you had sounds like just a breadth of experience from a professional perspective. I mean, Jason, you talked about family business construction, you ran, uh, had a, a, a brewery or bar at some point, then you guys met and Peely, you did all sorts of creative pursuits. How did you get from that to where you are now? And then what did you learn from all those experiences that make you successful at what you're doing today? Honestly, it, you just have to be open, right? And lots of times we get stuck and we look back and say, what happened, right? And you just have to be open to learning new things and find new interest and then take an action to see if it aligns, right? And so each thing you, you, you do that maybe it's not ideal at the time, but what can you take away from it to move forward? And where can you use your strengths in that business or in that opportunity or in the thought pattern of what you want to do? Sometimes we try and do things that are so, so foreign to us because it sounds cool, but we're not really engaged to why we want to do it or what it means to us. So it doesn't happen. Well, well you were never invested in it. You, you never really wanted it because you didn't, it, maybe it looked good on Instagram, you know, like, or something out there just was like, yeah, this, this looks cool. I want to do this too. I want to open up a, you know, a, a drop shipping business just because it looks cool. And other people say they're making a million dollars, but you have no reasoning behind that. And so as we did, you know, led us from action and really active jobs. So we were of course working construction, doing these other points. Then we started doing um, flipping and wholesaling and Peely got a real estate license. But the, the direction moving into real estate was that 
we wanted to find things that could create more time for us. So we were so busy in construction and then we just added on all these active jobs. And we're like, whoa, okay, we're doing good here, but we're about to have our first child, right? Yeah. And then we're having now more work than we had before, which was the opposite of the goal. And it took Peely uh, meeting a friend who was investing in small rental properties in the Midwest. And we looked at that approach and we, we, we dove in and we went after it. And what, what worked for there is we had, we were able to use our management experience to build the team and allow, allow it to be treated as a business instead of us, you know, treating it as like a mom and pop. Yeah. And the crazy thing is I'm not usually the person that brings, I'm more risk adverse than Jason is. So I'm not usually the person that brings deals and things to the table, like new things. Once we're inside into something like fiddling and wholesaling, I could generate deals like nobody, mm-hmm. but this new thing, this, uh, these rentals, out-of-state rentals. I was like, this sounds really cool. So Jason, I really like dove deep into it and figured that it could work. So of course, Jason being the mastermind that he is, he's just like, well, if we can do, if we can do duplexes out-of-state, couldn't we do 10 units, 12 units, 100 units, kabillion units? I'm like, bah. <laughs> Mind <Yeah>. explosion. <laughs> There, be, there gets to be a myth here that that bigger is mm-hmm. scary just because you can't mentally do it. But when you when you have properties, say we have a house, right? Well, I don't know that the furnace goes out, or the water heater goes out, or your roof goes. Well, that you got one person living there, or it goes vacant. Now there's no one living in there. But if you get a building that's um, and every time you have to have something fixed at that one house, you have to call somebody up, have them come out, have them look at it, run out, get the parts, come and back. Chances are you're managing it yourself. You don't have other managers for you, other property managers. And it can't really be treated as a business. And that's why when you're looking at loans, they're looking at you because it's not, it's not the house. It's, it can you sustain the house. And so when we went after large multifamily, we were able to now treat them like businesses. So when you buy a hundred unit apartment building, you can hire a staff that's afforded by that property. You can do, things to correct the property that improves the operations which ultimately improves the bottom line which creates the value where if you are able to cut the water bill down by 30 percent you could increase the value of the building by hundreds of thousands of dollars just by changing out toilets where if you you did that in a single family home it's not going to create any value for you no one's going to give you a dollar uh, and it's not subjective to saying, oh, I don't like the pink colors or I don't like, you know, that, that you don't have quartz, you have granite. It's now looking at this business as if I was to buy a car wash or to buy a McDonald's or to buy a golf course, right? Okay. Now can I take this business? Can I make it operate better by making this a better community to live that can benefit not only us, our investors and the people that live there? Mind blown because, whoa, you know, when people talk about real estate, now you guys are experts, so so you know take yourselves out of the equation. But real estate to the average person, let's just say, you know, the average person, their interaction with real estate is about buying a home, or maybe selling a home and buying a bigger home, or selling the big home and buying a small property for retirement. Right? That's that's generally people's the average person's interaction with real estate it's it's very personal it's about their home their family and like you said jason it's the little things that somebody might change out the granite countertop put in a new toilet change the paint whatever you guys are talking about real estate at a whole nother level it's at scale i want to break it down for our listeners because full transparency we had to look this up because we didn't quite understand it you said Jason and Peely are active real estate syndicators and investors. Yerusi Holdings is a multifamily investment firm. 
tell us what that means. You kind of you kind of shared through what you do, but for the average person out there that that doesn't understand what this means, what does it what does it all mean? Dumb it down. Pretend you're talking to grandma. Right. <laughs> we we drive. Maybe maybe grandma lives there, right? But you drive and and you see apartment buildings where where people are living. And what we do is that we buy that apartment building, but we use a process called syndication, which basically allows us to pull resources from friends, family, and investors, so we can all benefit from the economies of scale that we get for buying a large apartment building. Whereas if I was to buy a 10 unit building, I couldn't afford a staff. The loan may not be ideal because it's gonna be based, but if I can buy a 50 unit building or an 80 unit building or a 100 unit building, now I'm a safer investment because I now have 100 tenants paying my paying my uh, paying the rent that are now covering the mortgage. So I'm not aligned that if I was to buy a two family, I have two tenants and if they moved out or both moved out, I'm now zero or 50% occupied. So what we do is we go in there and we reposition, basically make the property better. So where we look is we look where there's tired owners and you would be surprised. Um, it's not all financial institutions to do this. It's just mom and pop owners who had somehow brought an apartment building in a day, back in the day or inherited it and they're treating it like that. So instead of treating it like a business, they're, they're basically treating the tenants where they're making all these handshake deals or accepting cash or not doing good processes for having applications. And then they have very high expenses or they're because they're not running it efficiently because they're just not looking at that, right? So they're just letting it be. And many times you'll find that the they will just keep it occupied because that's easier for them to do than have units turnover. And so what that means is that the rents will be lower than they potentially could be because instead of dealing with the vacancy and then maybe they're doing the construction themselves, well, now that's a lot of work for them. So they'll just say, oh, we'll just keep it 100 or $150 under what the, the market is for rent. And then that allows us easier for us to uh, just keep it occupied because we, we see that safer. Well, we can find that potential in there and go in there and clean up the property, um, maybe do things as simple as give it branding, right? So it may not even have a sign, probably definitely doesn't have a website. So, you know, there could be zero marketing. So if you put this online, you probably can't find it. So just something as simple as that's the one step start cleaning up the appearance. So cleaning up the exterior, doing landscaping, cleaning up the parking lot, then moving inside, cleaning up the hallway. So the tenants know you're there to make it better. And so you're able to not only improve it externally, but internally, and then make this a community where people want to be instead of something that you're just living because it's there. It's all about adding value really when it comes down to it. So if somebody, somebody wants to get into real estate syndication, What's the thing they they should be doing? I'm assuming they need like a real estate license, obviously. But what uh, to do syndication? No, if you're a broker agent, you you would need a license, depending on it. Um, so Peely has her license, but myself, I do not. What you want to do is honestly find other people that are doing it successfully, so you can understand the steps. I mean, I'm sure on a, on a high end, you say, okay, I have to find an apartment building. This and is step one, by the way. Right, and but simple, okay. Well, what are those steps through? How do you work with the right lawyers to put together the right process? How do you locate the market that may work for us? How do you build the team, right? So there's not only us, but there's also our property managers, the brokers we work with, the insurance people we work with. Internally, we have asset management, the people who work with the property managers on the day-to-day. -day. We have underwriting, due diligence, lead generation, raising capital. Now, how do you find and work with investors so you can have the right investor pool. So we're going to build out all those points, but it all starts with finding who is doing it successfully and understand the process 
so you can get better at the questions. Most time we, we don't want to look stupid, so we won't ask questions, but it's, that's why we can't get anywhere because it's asking really just learning what people are doing so you can ask better questions that, that allows you to move really the ball down, down, down the field. So how, how big is your team? Depends on project, right? So it's syndication. So each, each project is his own syndication. So it depends on each one, right? So we have different partnerships across. So there's something that's just us, you know, and then for this, but you have your big external team, right? So there's us, but then we have the property management company we work for. We have our cost segregation people, our insurance people, our contractors, those external parts. On other parts, we have partners that are part of the general partnership. And there's two types within the syndication. There's the general partners, and we deal with the active part of the business. And then there's limited partners. And those are people who will just invest in this for a return in real estate, seeking um, whatever it is that would be beneficial to them, whether it's cash flow, depreciation, tax benefits, combination of, of all portfolio diversification. And they'll just be passive. And then we'll act as the ones who find the deal, do the due diligence, do the work, do the day-to-day, -day, work with the operations, work with the team, where they simply are just being a passive investor who will get return based on the allocation of what type of investment it is. So right now, Jason gave you a really, really good overview of what real estate syndication is. And it can just this small overview can be mind blowing for somebody who's just heard of it. But what you do is you get yourself into the environment, get yourself, like Jason said, around people, read books, listen to the podcast. There are multifamily podcasts, not only ours. We do have our, we used to have a podcast called Multifamily Foundation. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Multifamily Foundation. Uh, there's a ton of podcasts out there. Get around people who are doing it and learn that way and then step into mentorship, into mm -hmm. actually getting into down deep and dirty. Maybe even think about investing in someone's deal as a limited partner. I mean, these are all different ways that you can get in and add value to those who know how to do it and they, then they can teach you how they do it as well. Peely and Jason, you guys said something earlier in the conversation. You said that when you were at the bar, your previous boss, your, your, the boss at the time, liked to put you guys together because you worked well together, you know, but you also had your moments of friction, right? So tell us in your Rusi holding, in your real estate company, what is the role that each of you have? What are the things that, you know, Peely, that you bring to the table that Jason doesn't, that's not his thing, he doesn't touch that and vice versa? And what are some ways in which you guys have, you know, found your groove, but also bumped heads? And then how did you kind of resolve some of those, those things that were happening maybe in the beginning years, right? Well, again, it's all about like knowing what your seat on the bus is and staying in your lane. I'm going to be completely on honest though. Jason and I had this conversation a long time ago. If something big were to happen, he would go business and I would go family just immediately so that there would be no friction there. So in the end, we're in the age of COVID. So COVID happened and that happened immediately. It wasn't, mm. it wasn't an argument. It wasn't even a discussion really. Yeah, I don't think we talked. We just no, said, we okay, just said, let's, okay, let's, let's just, let's just do, we talk do this. And then I love that. And I want to underscore that for our listeners because so often, I mean, especially right now, we are struggling, everybody's struggling out there. And, and I think the struggle is even more, you know, heightened when you have a, a, a husband and wife, two, two, you know, loving partners that own a business, have a family, 
how do you divide your time? How do you divide and conquer? And I love that you guys had that discussion years ago and you kind of said, okay, this, these are the roles that we have. This is how we're going to divide and conquer. That is amazing. And, it, and it's the it's the plan B. It's the plan for when your when your real plan fails, which is important. How are you going to react when you know the proverbial shit hits the fan? And we learned this through our time together in the bar. We learned this through our time together wholesaling and flipping because we learned so much about systems and getting into like the nitty gritty and learning about where our lanes lie. So when we had this conversation, it gave us the perfect perfect foundation for when COVID hit and we have this large company that we're both managing. So now, right now, it's very much still kind of like that. And I am inserting myself back into the business. And of course, Jason's becoming more involved in the family. Not that we were totally divorced from that. Just yeah, I find we've we've been uh, we moved um, back into the home office, and I find we have we have more time now, yes. right? Cause you 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 lose the time that was wasted, you know, being out doing things. And so, um, but on a role pers perspective, I mean, Pili's great, honestly, with lead generation, networking, and she's she's great to talk to people. Um, not that I won't talk to people, but I, I'd rather be doing other things uh, than than maybe be on the phone all day. But Pili loves it, and which is great. That's that's perfect for me. And then I'm good on just the value of the business, finding where, where we can like being the detective, looking at due diligence, the underwriting, seeing what the property's not doing and then thinking of other little things out there that, that nobody's thought of yet. And so I like to look at that from that side and then work with the teams to implement it. Jason's really good at the asset management aspect. He loves getting in there and he's really good at ideas, figuring things out from not because I'm a very emotional creature. I don't know if you've noticed Jason is very like, analytical he can get down into something and realize what the problem is and he will be like a bulldog we have two of them until he figures it out and fixes whatever the need is well if i if i think there's a yes that's where it comes yeah. there. if i keep hearing no but i i believe there's a yes there then i i, I will be a little stubborn on on finding that that result so I, okay, Gabby's this, laughing because it sounds very familiar. Right. It sounds very familiar. <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely more the emotional one. I kind of feel things. I have intuition. I have these gut feels and very, I'm going to give a quick little anecdote very early on when we started our company, there was a, an opportunity that presented itself and on paper it looked phenomenal, right? I mean, the money was good that the, the, you know, we're like, Oh yeah, this is great. This is, let's do it. But I had this feeling like, oh, gosh, I, I just, I, I didn't, I couldn't articulate it. I could not articulate, but it was this feeling in my gut where I said, something doesn't feel right. And Mike, who's very headstrong, we're both pretty headstrong, but he's very headstrong. He's very like numbers driven, data driven. Give me the facts. Show me the facts. Like, don't give me the fluff. I want the facts. And I, and he was like, no, this is good. Money's good. I'm looking at that, blah, blah, blah. You know, all the, all the things on paper looked good. Well, you know, lo and behold, we get into it. We start, we start working with this client and it was just a nightmare. We were at each other's throats. We were miserable. At the time, they were our largest client and it was rough. We, we did not enjoy what we were doing. There was no pleasure in the business that we were having together. And I told Mike, you know, it wasn't like an I told you so moment, but it was this moment where he's like, you know what? You were right. Even though you couldn't articulate it. And even though at the time I didn't even know what it was, but I knew it was something. 
And so now we do the, we do something in our, in our business where we say, okay, Mike looks at the numbers. He looks at the data. He looks at the, the facts and then he connects with me and he says, okay, what are you feeling? What is your gut telling you? And there have been times where since we have recognized that in ourselves and recognized that in our business, and we've actually taken the time to do that, we have been far more successful. We ended up firing that client. But I, I swear, this was like an aloha moment. We let that go. We let all that go. And within weeks, the door started opening. We started getting the good business coming through, great clients. Our business started to really take off from there. So Jason, being that from Peely's own admission that you're more of the numbers guy, the facts guy, give me the facts, and Peely, by your admission, you're saying you're more of the, the feeling. How do you guys reconcile those differences in your business? I think we just both have tells. And so we just don't let it drag on, right? I, I, again, I go, it goes back to not, not letting things happen just so we can be right. And mm -hmm. I don't know if either of us care about being right. Uh, it just, let's just get the best result. And that, that's across, you know, family, fitness, fulfillment, finances. Let's just find what works for us. And, you know, POE, I, I can see, you know, her, her posture changes when, when something's not right. So it's, it's a pretty, pretty easy tell, right? And so it's that point of just saying, instead of just holding it in, like we, we've all been accustomed to for all of our lives and just, okay, I've done that. Where's that got me? So, okay. Instead of just going to the worst case scenario, like this is this, so let's assume this it's like, okay, let's give it a moment and look at each other and just figure it out and then pivot as we need to. And I just, I just went through uh, Tony Robbins program and I realized that Jason, and I what's do, it called? Which one is it? Uh, uh, Unleash the power within. He just okay. did a virtual. So we, we, you have to realize, I mean, just for the anecdote that you just gave us Gabby you had this feeling Mike was like no gung-ho let's go let's go full forward let's go full steam ahead but the thing is once you guys started actually talking to each other and making that connection mm -hmm. to each other and finding that happiness together that that like that foundation that's when your business started to open up yeah Jason and I realized that a long time ago that we need to listen to each other because sometimes Jason will go all in on something. He's like, Peely, I want to do this big thing. And I'm just like, okay, I want to close down. I want to, I want to tell him no, but I am going to make myself put on the blinders in my head to, uh, against the, against the me not wanting to like get in and take a risk. And I'm going to listen to him. It's the same thing with Jason. He sees me and all of a sudden, like my, my energy's low, my posture's down. Mm -hmm. And I don't automatically voice when I have some sort of displeasure and he'll be, and he'll come up to me and he'll like, he'll move my shoulders back and he'll be like, Peely, what's wrong or what's up or what's happening. And if there's a disagreement, those momentary things, I challenge your listeners to ask yourself what it is inside you because you can only change yourself don't try and change your husband don't try and change the circumstances because that's that's a given the thing that you can control is you so if i'm having a down moment i need to figure out what it is inside me to pull that out that's in hawaiian it's called pilikia trouble to pull out that that trouble and figure out what that is and put it to the side because my posture, my position affects Jason 
affects our business and our affects our children. So it's all about the give and take and the communication and making sure that you are heard because through that connection, everything will bloom. So you guys have three lovely, beautiful children, five, three, and two. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. So do you have family that, that helps out with the kids? Cause I, I, I'm really struggling to know how you guys do it. <laughs> so the, the short answer is no, uh, okay. but we've actually, and, and yeah. the long answer is Disney plus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but I, I just think it's, we try and do as best. And, and this is always a work in progress is that when we're doing something, we're committed to that. And yeah. so when it's kids time, it's kids time, not kids time, me texting on the phone, you know, like looking at emails and when it's work time, like, okay, we're going to set you guys up so you, you can do something. Cause they need to have that experience too, of, of just being, being creative, being active and not just being in front of the screen. So go draw something, create something, do something that you can figure out. Right. And then we had, um, the fortune of, of quarantine with the family down the street and they have two little kids. So on two days a week, the kids are getting together. Um, they have a nanny and they're getting together to just have a little social time, do some class together. It's all about, like Jason said, when you have, make the time for business. You're all in on the business. Yeah. Of course, the kids are here. So if I'm all in on something and when the kids enters the room, I have to go to them because I'm not going to be like, no, no, no. You like, if I do this, that that's me telling as a mommy, you don't count. The thing on the computer counts more. Yeah. And then they, when they do need us later on, they're going to say, yeah, you know what? Um, I'm not going to do that because yeah. I was told no. And so, so it's all about really focusing in on what you are doing and they're young yet so they don't actually know mommy and daddy's schedule but the five-year our five-year-old luke is actually starting to realize that there's a schedule that mommy and daddy are are kind of living by and that if they need their time like this is mommy and daddy's time mommy and daddy are talking to their friends so he's down he's downstairs they are watching a show this is their show time they're allowed one to two hours a day <laughs> depending on mommy and daddy have to do something. And, right. and I asked them to kind of just settle down the younger two, if need be. So we do create sort of a dependency that the kids have on each other to play with each other. But they know that when mommy and daddy make the decision that they're, that we are with them, then we are all in, all in 100% phones go away. And that's how, I think children realize when the adults need, like seriously need time together and they realize when they are, when they have all of your attention and they soak in that love. I mean, that's the only way I can say that we can do all the things that we do. And the thing is, the reality of the thing is, we rarely do podcasts together. Mm. The only time you actually see us together is a second cup of coffee. Yes. And that's anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And they're usually sleeping or resting or reading a book. And we scheduled it as such. So it coincided with mm. that time. So we enjoy doing them together. Just if we want to push forward the brand apart, it just wasn't going to be realistic yeah. to say, okay, we're going to do all these podcasts together because the kids they're first right no matter what like okay we're, we're not gonna let the business go side we're not gonna lose points but we're not definitely gonna make sure the kids one two three four five six kids right and then after that you know then number seven can be all the other things we have to do so we have a, a five-year-old 
And she, she definitely understands that we work from home. She understands that, okay, we're, we're on a call. Don't interrupt, you know, but you have a three and a two-year-old and those are just, they're too little to understand. And they still need a lot of one-on-one time with their parents, which is a beautiful thing when you work with your spouse and when you get to work from home, because you do, you, you can structure your day and, and around their nap schedule, around the feeding schedule, and you can be there and you don't get to miss those beautiful moments, which is the number one reason why we started our business is that our daughter was born with some medical needs and she needed to have a full-time caregiver and she needed parents that were going to be able to be there for her. And, and plus we were also really scared to put her in a daycare. We just didn't want to do that. And so that's been a huge benefit to us. And I'm sure for you guys as well, but it is tough. I'm not going to lie. I got one, I got a five-year-old and that shit is tough sometimes because they are demanding and they want attention. Yeah. And so it's, well, you know, you guys, I love that you have a good system and you're working on it together and you're figuring it out just like, just kind of like all of us. Mm -hmm. I mean, like Um, it's never perfect. It's not always perfect. Like you said, sometimes we're doing the podcast, the kids run in and we're just like, go with it. Yeah. Podcast life. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I'm I'm, uh, COVID aside, because obviously right now there's limited things that we can do still especially you guys out in the, on the East coast, but before, and once this is all done, like, what is your, how do you get away? Like, yeah. I mean, at some point you got to have your alone time. That's away from We've the business, hiking. away from the I mean, that's it. But the kids have been coming hiking with us. And then we try to, you know, get a, get a night here or there. We can have someone and um, we'll go visit her family. Right. And yeah. so we, we typically, we would have been there, you know, for 10 or 12 days, twice a year to visit her family. Couldn't do it in June, but now we, we put it to January. And so we'll go there. And then they want to see the grandkids, right? And they're kicking us out the door. And they say, it's good seeing you guys um, <laughs> in 10 days. No, but, it, but typically we get, we get a lot of time that way. So, but we don't, I don't know, like we, we find our time. If you want it bad enough, you just, you just find the time. Yeah. And we, I mean, we, we're, we don't just like go on vacations without kids. I mean, right now they're so young. Yeah. Um, we, we count our time together with the kids as our time. Like the time that you have together, don't only say like, okay, our alone time, us being at a restaurant, it's great, it's meaningful, it's needed. But at the same time, our time with the kids together as a family, that's special too. So you have to take the time that you have, no matter what time it is, and make it the best time of your life in that moment. It's all about being in the moment. So I, I understand your question about like, how do we get time together. Right now with COVID, it's almost impossible, but we just make the time. When the kids mm-hmm. go to sleep, we make sure we connect. We make sure that we talk to each other. We make sure well, that- it's also, it's part of the show. I mean, I, we get that, yeah. we do get that time every day, even though it's doing a show. Yeah. We, that's, that's why we have the show. You know, we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the Jason and Peely project. So tell us, for those out there listening that, that haven't heard of it, but they should because they're all going to listen to you guys after this show. Tell us what it is. How did you guys, you know, what, what, what is the purpose that it serves for you? What is the purpose that you want it to serve for your audience? And, and how did you come up with this idea? So it actually started as a real estate podcast. It was the Real Estate Investing Foundation. Then we grew up and became the Multifamily Foundation. Then we grew up again Hmm. and we realized that we wanted to do more than just real estate. And that's how 
the Jason Peely project was founded. So the core business is, is real estate, of course, but so much of our podcast was heavily aligning on, on really just lifestyle and fulfillment. So mm -hmm. we just stopped fighting the narrative. And sometimes that's, a, we got to stop fighting the curve here. And we transitioned to the Jason Peely project, which talked about mental fortitude, improving health and growing wealth. And that's something that helps people just find fulfillment by learning how other people have found that key in their life and just helping people break those mental barriers, helping you overcome the self-doubt that's keeping your place, helping you find um, those, those limiting beliefs and just crush them. And that's the purpose of the show to say that everyone can do, but it's the choice with us to do it first. And we just, our purpose, our mission is to give value, as much value as we can, whether it's in fitness, whether it's in family, whether it's in financial gain, whatever we can do to help anyone out there. And really, I mean, our personal goal is just to help one person a day. If we can help one person a day, however little bit it is, I mean, even if we help one person, one percent, Imagine if they compounded that and then help somebody else. I mean, it's the compound effect. So our mission is just to help one person. If we can help more than one, yeah, even better. Huge. Well, you guys, I listened to something you said, maybe it was a few days ago, and this was, was very profound, and, and I want to share it with everyone. You said the most valuable person is the person that gives the most value. So... How do you give each other value? Each other? Yeah. I get that smile every day. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty easy, right? So I, I, I think it's just communicating, right? Not holding back, just being present, not, not wasting our time, just, just taking the moments as they come, right? And so not, and there's, there's many things that if I, I'm, we could, anybody could find fights and do things that disagree on and we could find a million of ours, right? But we just don't have them because it's just not important, right? It's so not. we choose that what's important right now is, is us, we're healthy, we're, we're happy, you know, amazing kids. And With, it's really the small things like connecting on this level of working together. This is how we give value to each other, talking with each other, making sure that the other person is, is full. Like we talked about Aloha before, we're, we're, we're connected, we're a couple, and we want to shine our Aloha together. So if we're not connected, then we can't shine together. And that just does not make any sense to me. So we give value to each other every single day by just waking up. He wakes up, he goes and does his thing. When he comes back, he takes the kids. I go do my thing and we exercise together. We eat together. We make sure that each of us has our own space, of course, but it's just the act of us being together, I think holds the most value. And what you said before, attuning to what I had said previously about the most value per, valuable person gives the most value. It's really talking to like the act of giving to people and not expecting anything in return. So whether you're starting a business, whether you're writing a book, whatever you're doing, if you want help, if you want, if you want people to look at it, if you want, if you want, give first. The want might come. The things that you want might come back to you, might not. But if you give and you keep on giving, I completely believe you will get in return. The Hawaiian term for it, for it is aloha aku, aloha mai. Give love, get love. I love that we're getting so much of a, of a, a Hawaiian culture education as well and, and language learning. I love that. So I wanted to, to really 
put that out there and underscore it. I know you see that and you see that and you see that value. And I think that, again, it's a beautiful trait that I have been lucky enough so far to see that in other entrepreneurial couples and other entrepreneurs. And I hope that we continue to see this trend of people in the world giving without necessarily the expectation of getting. Because giving in and of itself is a way of getting for you, right? I mean, I, I always felt so much happier when I give some when I give a gift to somebody versus when I get one for myself. Now that is to, that isn't to say that I don't enjoy a little gift from Mike, you know, a little bling here or something, nice flowers there, but but I've always loved being able to give something to somebody. And um, I, I think that that is so beautiful between the two of you guys. Thank you guys so much for sharing not only your aloha with us and with our listeners, but sharing a little bit about your business, how you guys got there. I love the story of the bar in New York City. I mean, it sounds like a sounds like it could be a movie, really. And I'm sure that there's going to be so many more opportunities for us to to dig and learn more from you guys. We'd love to have you on the show again. We like to wrap up our uh, segment here with a couple of questions. So first question is, what's the next big project that you guys are working on either in, in business or in, in life? Moving. Moving. Yeah, we, we've made a decision we're moving. Mm -hmm. uh, just we want to have more outside stuff for the kids. Big we're in New Jersey, you know, we're just, there's concrete jungle everywhere. Um, so that's it. And just, we've set our, set our mind to it and it was gonna happen. <clears throat> this summer, but with COVID, we're just hanging a little bit. But we have our mindset when we do that, that happens. And so that's, just that's the, the next big journey. It's to have that adventure, have yeah. that journey. And we want to take our kids someplace different, someplace new. Um, also, we all- Outside of New Jersey, are you guys thinking leaving Jersey? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, going okay. someplace different. And then it's all, we always have different projects, different uh, properties that we're looking at. So there's always something on the shelf when it comes to our business. Awesome. Are you guys thinking of moving to Hawaii or probably not? Yes. Not yes. Right <laughs> not right now. <laughs> Get property okay. there, but most likely we're going to land in Tennessee. I think that's where nice. it will. Nice. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. Um, well, we have an, a, a really good contact in Tennessee that she's in the marketing world. So if you guys need marketing support, we'll hook you up with her. Um, so next question, what advice would you offer other couples that are either working together or thinking about starting a business together? Just communicate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's as simple as that. Um, don't, don't assume, just put it out front because whether it's, it's couples or just partners, um, lack of communication usually creates uh, distance. Awesome. All right. Last question here, even though we'd love to keep going. Um, so this is a question that Pili, you're going to answer about Jason and Jason, you're going to answer this question about Pili. So what is the one thing or quality that each of you bring to your business and to your life that you couldn't do without? Hmm. You want to go first? You want me to go first? You want to go first? I'll go. Sure. Yeah. I purely smile. I mean, it's as simple <laughs> as that. Right. And that, that just sets the narrative always. And I, it's something that I I've known the smile as long as we've known each other. And it's just, it's the best part of my day. Jason's heart. Aww. I couldn't live without it. I told him you asked this in the beginning of the show. 
um, or usually people ask this, I don't even think you asked this, but why would a girl from Hawaii move all the way to New Jersey? It's because Jason's heart is my home. So wherever he is, that's where I belong. Beautiful. I didn't ask that question, but that was something that we wanted to dig into. Like, how did you end up in New York and then in New Jersey, right? <laughs> New Jersey. Well, thank you guys so much. I love the answers. I loved everything we got to learn from you both. I know that there's so much more to learn from you too. So I want to encourage all of our listeners to find Jason and Peely online. You guys are on Facebook, Twitter, right? Twitter, maybe not Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, they can find you at uh, the Jason and Peely Project, right? Perfect, yeah. Yerusi Holdings, if there's somebody out there that's in the real estate industry and that needs what you guys have, go to yerusiholdings.com. Thank you guys so much for being part of our podcast, Mixing Business with Pleasure. We had a lovely time with you both. Thank you so much. Thank you, this has been great. So honored. Well, that was a fascinating conversation. We love talking to couplepreneurs who have built successful businesses. And one of the keys to a successful business is effective marketing. Luckily, Gabby and I run a B2B digital marketing agency called Proofpoint Marketing. Our team specializes in driving profitable revenue for technology and manufacturing companies by diving deep into customer insights. We really strive to understand the customer. We build out the ideal customer profile and personas. And using that, we create highly targeted demand generation and performance marketing campaigns. We are offering a free consultation for our listeners. This isn't just a sales call, and it isn't us simply giving you a canned automated audit report. We are going to do our due diligence prior to the call. The plan is to talk about real marketing issues your organization is facing and discuss potential solutions. Head on over to proofpoint.marketing and get in touch. We look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Mixing Business with Pleasure. We hope you'll join us next week as we feature another pair of co-founders who are also lovers and are proving that business and pleasure really do mix well together. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.